Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 6, verse 35, but love your enemies. Do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. Oh, that's, is that how you, when you lend? I hope they don't pay me back. You know, that's what he's saying. And, and your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind. Notice this, to the unthankful and evil. Therefore, be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. You don't see this behavior very often. And not even, honestly, you don't really see this often in the church. When somebody feels they've been wronged, they just get nasty about it. What does it mean to love your enemies? You, you know, you think about that. Well, if I felt love for them, then I wouldn't have an enemy, and I wouldn't feel like they were my enemy. But he's not talking about your feelings. This has nothing to do with feelings. What he's saying is be loving toward your enemies, because this is a verb, not a feeling. When he's, he's saying this here, he's saying love in the sense of act out in love toward them. The same way he says, be merciful. And it's, it's also be loving. You know, we can't feel our way into obedience or into following Jesus. We have to follow Jesus and obey into our feelings. You understand that? You're not going to feel like it. If you're waiting around to feel like loving your enemy, it's never going to come. If you're waiting around to feel like I want to obey, it's never going to come. It actually is something you discipline yourself. Now, remember who Jesus is talking to here? He's talking to his disciples. And the idea of disciple is somebody who is disciplining themselves to become like their master, right? And so that's what he's doing. You know, you act out lovingly towards them, and it's an act of faith. Wait a minute, I thought that we weren't supposed to act like we love people. Well, okay, let me just talk about that. Romans chapter 12, verse 9 says this, Let love be without hypocrisy. Don't be a hypocrite. You know, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Well, as you probably know, the word hypocrisy, hypocritus, means to put on a mask or to act. So what's the difference? We are to act out in love toward people but not act like we love people, being fake about it. See what I'm saying? You don't act, oh yeah, I love you so much, and then go and slander them behind their back. We act out lovingly toward them, even if we don't like them, even if we have a problem with them. Notice again, verse 35, he says, your reward will be great. There's that credit, right? And you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore, be merciful just as your Father also is merciful. How is God kind and merciful to the unthankful and the evil? How, how is that? Well, Romans chapter 5 tells us this. It says in Romans chapter 5, verse 6 through 8, for when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. And that's us, man, right? 
We were ungodly, and, and many of you, and, and myself as well, there were times when I had no regard for God at all. Some of us maybe even cursed God and hated God and just were so angry with God, and yet he died, even though you were still ungodly. For scarcely will, for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man some may even dare to die, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. It is the good news that Jesus came to die for a, a, a world that was sinful and in rebellion against him, hated him, rejected him, turned their back on him, and he came and he died for us anyway. That's how much God loves you. And thinking about being a child of God or a son of the Most High, he's saying someone who is being fashioned into the image of God is to lay down their life as Jesus did, but I, I guess more mentally, more in our heart, lay down our life for those who are not our friends, who are enemies even. You see, we're not most like Jesus when we're doing a Bible study, <laughs> when we're you know, hanging out with Christian friends and, and fellowshipping or writing out our tithe check or we're in prayer in the middle of the night just laboring in prayer. Those are all good things. We all should have that in our lives, those spiritual disciplines. But we're actually most like Jesus when we are kind to people who are evil and unkind and hateful towards us. That's when we're most like Jesus. Verse 37, he says, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Given, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. It will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. First of all, let me just talk about, what does this mean, judge not lest you be judged? People will say this. You, know, you say, well, you, know, you can't live like that. Or you, you know, they're, they're living an immoral lifestyle or doing something they're not supposed to be doing. You can't live like that. Don't judge me. Judge not, right? The Bible says judge not. And is that what that means? Not at all. No, what he's saying, it, what it means is you can't judge another person's motives, nor should you judge them on appearance, clothing, gender, age, nationality, or political affiliation. Oh, did I say that in church? <sighs> we shouldn't be prejudiced, racist, bigoted, or sexist. However, you can discern fruit, and, and as we'll talk about in a moment. But James actually gives us an illustration of this. In James chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, he says, My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. For if there should come in your assembly a, a man with gold rings, fine apparel, and there should come a poor man in filthy clothes, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say to him, you sit here in a good place, and say to the poor man, you stand there, or sit here at my footstool, have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Now, and the reverse is true as well. I, I think that we have more tendency to you know, buddy up to somebody who's wealthy or somebody who's not stinky, right? But the truth is, is we need to treat everybody the same. He says in verse 8, he says, if you really fulfill the law according to the scriptures, you shall love your neighbors yourself, you do well. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and you are convicted by the law as transgressors. 
it's interesting because we just tend to have those hang-ups, don't we? You know, maybe you, you have this thing for Canadians, like, oh, can't sing, or whatever. You know, whatever it might be. And I remember, you know, as a kid, it was, you know, it was, you know Polak jokes, and, and it was the Russians are going to get us, and, you know, you, you kind of had this national hatred for Russia, you know, or whatever it might be. You know, there's all these things that we just kind of grow up with, and prejudice we hold, maybe family, or maybe somebody hurt you, or maybe you grew up as a minority. I did. I grew up in a, as a religious minority in a, in a place where nobody was the same religion as me, and, and you received some flashback from that, right? Some kickback. And so you kind of have these prejudices that you grow up with. And Jesus is saying you need to get rid of those things. But we have to understand that the church was, it started with that, didn't it? I mean, man, back in the first century when the church was born, all these people were getting saved. It was a very exciting time. But it was 12 years before they even realized that Gentiles, non-Jewish people, could receive the gospel and be saved. And so Peter sees this vision, he is told by the Holy Spirit to follow these Gentile guys, and he goes to this man's house, Cornelius, Acts chapter 10, and he's walking in there, and he says, I just want you guys to know I have never been in a Gentile's house in my life, because Jews don't have anything to do with Gentiles. So it was trippy for him. But then he says in verse 34, I perceive that God shows no partiality, and that's true. God shows no partiality. Jesus tells us that if we, we get to set the bar on how we want to be judged, how we want to be forgiven, and how we, we want to be provided for. That's kind of cool. He's like, hey, you get to set that bar in your life. How does he say it? Well, how do I want to be judged by God? How do I want to be forgiven by God? How do I want God to provide for me? Just do that for your enemy. And that's how you'll be given to and provided for and forgiven. This is why, since the very beginning of our church, I've always told you guys, and I've always held this policy, that when it comes to a decision where there's a controversy, where there's a problem, where there's you know, discipline that needs to be meted out, that we always want to make sure that if, if we make a mistake in how we do that, we're more gracious than we should have been. I don't want anybody to ever come to me and say, hey, you were too harsh. You were too judgmental. No, we want them to say, you were probably too soft on that person. Probably too gracious in that situation. Because I want to be, I want to have God's grace. I want to have God's forgiveness. I want to have God's provision. And, and he says, man, you want to be provided for, you want to have grace, do unto others as you have them do to you. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.